Uh, right before we left Fairfield to become the pastors of the Watsonville Church of the Nazarene, this was about five, six years ago, seven years ago, I can't lost track. Um, my daughter, wow, it's been a few years, my bad. Uh, she's a senior in high school at this point. Now she's like 32, so my math is clearly way off. Um, but in her senior year in high school, they were doing the testing and their principal, they, I guess they did a good job, and they, they, he, he called out all the seniors or maybe the whole school to go out to the stadium, right? And, and to go out to the stadium, they had to go through the student parking lot. And, and so all the students are going out, and my daughter's uh, boyfriend at that point, I'm not going to say anything against him. You feeling me here? Um, so anyway, he decided it would be really funny to put the... the carcass of a dead snake and hang it out the back of her trunk unbeknownst to Amanda she had no idea that he had done this no explanation anyway so they're walking out and apparently her car was where students were walking by and they all stopped and they were pointing at the dead snake and the principal got bent out of shape and he called the office and he said who who owns this car and they figured out that it was my daughter and he called her out and and apparently everything had it, it didn't work out the way he had wanted everything to work out he was going to have this big ceremony out at the stadium but this snake carcass just upset everything and so um I get called a little bit later. My wife, she is bent. She is angry. Uh, our, our daughter has just been suspended from school. And, and both of our reactions are like, wait a minute, is this Amanda? That, that doesn't make any sense because she doesn't get in trouble, right? And so I, I, I raced down there, went to, the, went to the high school, and found out that the, the principal had gotten so upset that when he called her out, she came walking across the parking lot and he yelled at her to run. He was, he was so upset and, I don't know, maybe out of control. So he tells this 17-year-old girl to run across the parking lot. And when I later found that out, I'll tell you what, my blood boiled, right? I, you can do mean things to me, but if you do anything mean to my wife or my girls, man, I, I, I lose control, right? I say really, really stupid things. I do really, maybe, maybe you're that way, right? Anger. So when somebody does something like that and, and you know, they purposely did it or, or they're, it just, our, our, our blood boils, right? Now I'll, I'll be very honest with you to this day. And apparently that was a long time ago. Uh, if y'all do the math, um, when I think about this man, I still, I, I start, I, I get like a flush sweat. I, I, I just, my, I can feel my, my blood pressure go up. So I, I just want to say, we're going to be talking about forgiveness today. And I want you to understand that there are still issues in my own life. And there are issues probably in every single one of our lives, issues of forgiveness that we still struggle with, right? And, and that's okay. I, 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 it's a good place to be, to be struggling with forgiveness instead of not even recognizing that that's an option or not even moving in that direction, um, so again, to this day, I, I, I struggle. That's probably the one person in my world that I still, when I think about this man and I play it through in my head, I, I never say nice things when I see him at Kmart or, you know, Rayleigh's or whatever store. I, and that's never happened. But every time I think about it happening, nothing good comes out of my mouth, right? It's like, oh, Jerry, you've got a problem. <laughs> Pastor, you've got a problem. You've got a forgiveness problem. Now, Maybe you've confided in somebody. Maybe they betrayed your trust. Maybe a close friend gossiped and, and, and they cheated you out of some money, maybe out of your reputation. I, I, I even know a lot of people, and, and I feel like this is one of the bigger hurts when a spouse cheats on you, um, the pain. Uh, 
Maybe a parent deeply disappointed you and hurt you. And perhaps right now you're reeling in such pain that because somebody you know and somebody you trusted, they betrayed you. And, and it's not so bad for somebody who doesn't know us and, and, and we didn't trust them. When they hurt us, it's, it's just not as bad. But when somebody we know and we trust, when they hurt us, it, it cuts so incredibly deep. And maybe, maybe these feelings have subsided somewhat, right? And maybe not, not at this point, you're not feeling the rage, you're not feeling the hate, you're not feeling the revenge as strongly. Those thoughts sneak in. But right now, maybe your, your whole emotional mindset has just settled into this bitterness, Right? Just, just this is bitterness. Again, you don't have the rage. It's not, not boiling over anymore, but there's just this low-level bitterness that just, that, that just kind of keeps coming up, a bitterness. And if you're honest, bitterness in these situations, they just feels right, right? It feels natural. It feels justified because they did. They did it on purpose. They did something to hurt you. When we were in, my, my former pastor and I, we took several trips to Romania, um, working with uh, John Maxwell's uh, Million Leader Mandate. Um, and, and, and I've shared this with you before, but the, the Romanians, they, they have a, they're, they're a nationality, um, but they also have this ethnic group within Romania called the Roma. They're the, the gypsies. And as we begin to work with the Romanian people, we talked about love and we talk about forgiveness, but they always, they would stop. And, and, and every single time, it was just, it was, it was uncanny. They would stop and say, oh, um, you don't mean the Roma though, right? I mean, they, they, they felt that the entire culture was completely justified in forgiving anybody else in the world but not the gypsies in their own country right they they had just they had built this 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 culture that again everybody is everything is forgivable but not but not them but eventually everybody feels and discovers the truth about bitterness right what feels right, what feels natural, what even feels um, justified, um, irony of ironies, bitterness bites back, right? And we, we know this. We know this by experience, but I don't know if we don't experience it often enough to remember, um, but bitterness always bites back, right? The target or the object of your bitterness feels absolutely nothing, right? You walk by them and you send them dart eyes, Right? Right? They're looking at the carrots behind you. It didn't hurt them in the least. And you're just like, you're, your blood's up and you're, you're uh, and, and they're just, whoo, just, just walking on through life. While the bitter person continues to suffer and pay the price that they had wished and prayed would happen to the perpetrator, the person that had hurt them. I want to look at the, just very quickly, the book of Hebrews this morning. Um, it's a letter at the end of your New Testament, and I'll just take this very, very short teaching moment. The Hebrews are the same as the Israelites, and they're the same as the Jewish people, right? Hebrews, whenever we use that word, it's very, very early in their history. They were still kind of tribal. Um, and then when they came out of slavery, God had molded them into a nation called the Israelites, right? Jacob got his name changed, 12 sons, Israel. And, and eventually, after the northern nation of Israel gets carried away by the Assyrians, you only got the southern nation of Judah left and the people became known as Jews from Judah. So when you hear Hebrews, Israelites, Jews, same people, but kind of historically one follows the other roughly. Okay, just just a little freebie there. Um, so the writer to the Hebrews, and this letter was written during this crazy, crazy time of persecution, right? The Roman um, uh, Caesars, and, and they, they were just bearing down on the, on the Christians and whoever they didn't like. And, I mean, it, it was, if you could, if you could find a time in history where there was unparalleled hatred and feelings of revenge and rage, this, this would be it. This would be that time. So the writer of the Hebrews tells us what happens when bitterness is left unchecked. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. It says, 
See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. Right? And it, it, it doesn't go away with time. We, we always hear that, time heals all wounds. That's a lie. It, it might heal the little tiny wounds, you know, like your little scrapes and stuff, and someone might call you a name, and yeah, maybe you eventually kind of forget. But the really, the deep ones that, root, that hurt us, um, time doesn't heal it, right? We, we're, we're, our hearts are kind of like roots in this passage, right? Roots um, absorb and they store, right? And our hearts are very similar to that. They absorb and, and they store all these hurts and, and all these pains and all these things that people have done to us. And then what's crazy is because we're Christian, right? We don't want it to come out, so we, we, we just kind of keep stuffing it down. And I'll tell you what happens. At the gap... It comes flying out in horribly inappropriate ways. The gap. Let me explain the gap. The gap is you've got, a, you've got somebody you know and what you expect of them and what they deliver. What you expect of them and what they deliver. Now, if you love this person, that gap can be this wide, right? You know, the people I love, they can say they're going to do this, but then they, they do this and I still love them. I'll make up a thousand excuses for them, but if I don't like this person... There's no grace at the gap whatsoever. Like, they can't even walk correctly. Like, look at that. <laughs> Walking like an idiot. My goodness. You, know, you ever find yourself kind of being that way, right? If you're not ready to forgive somebody, they can't do anything right. They can't do anything, anything right. The bitter root. And again, it will, it will jump out at the most inopportune time. In a letter to the, the church at Corinth, uh, we have it as Corinthians. Uh, Paul tells us that love keeps no record of wrongs. We've all heard this in chapter 13, you know, the love chapter. Um, love keeps no record of wrongs, but bitterness keeps a detailed account. <laughs> Big time. And, and again, that's what we do over and over and over again. We replay the injury in our minds and our, and our hatred grows, right? And our heart, our heart, right? It absorbs it and, and it, it, it just never goes away. Pretty soon we celebrate when the perpetrator suffers, Right? After all, they're getting what they deserve. And we're all like, woo, 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 right? A little Arsenio Hall there. Boy, that was dated. Um, and we're all excited. Way to go, God. You finally nailed them, man. Smite them. Oh, yeah, I'm cheering you on. You're like, woo, woo. And you're just like, God, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. And listen, if this is you this morning, you need a heart checkup, right? If you're cheering when the person that hurt you gets hurt, you're off base. <laughs> you're, you're really far off base. You're kind of out there in left field, and we need to pull you back into the ball game and give you kind of a heart checkup, right? So this morning, our passage from Hebrew warns us that this bitter root can cause trouble and defile many. Check this out. This is in verse 15 again. <laughs> the root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. <laughs> right there it is. Left unchecked, the bitterness, the bitterness, that root of bitterness, it bores deeper and deeper into our lives. It stains everything. It pollutes. It contaminates all of our relationships, all of our relationships get colored by this bitterness, right? It's no longer aimed at just that person, but it seems to overflow into a lot of other areas of our life. Like I'm mad at the dog, but somehow the daughter pays for it, right? You've done that. You're mad at one thing and someone's got to pay and I can't catch the dog, so <laughs> you're going to pay. And the longer we allow the root of bitterness to live, the harder it is to grow. So, let's talk about killing the root. Killing the root. I don't know if you ever had to do this. My job growing up was the yard. 
right? I had vacuuming and I had the yard. My brothers and sisters had dishes and all sorts of other crazy stuff. Um, but the bane of my existence was pulling weeds. I didn't mind mowing the lawn so much, um, but pulling weeds was just the worst. Um, I just hated it. I, I, and, and my dad had taught me, Dad, son, you got to get the roots out. You can't just plop it off at the top because you all know what will happen. That root will come back by the next morning. So you got to very carefully get your finger way down there and, and jiggle it around a little bit and slowly work it out of the ground. And like, I'm, like, I'm 10 years old. You know, I've got time for work. I got, I got, I'm going to be going to the beach in a little bit. So I'm yanking them, yanking them. And right the next Saturday, I'm right back there in the yard. Horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And the exact same thing with the root of bitterness. Fortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, Scripture tells us how to kill the root. Unfortunately, uh, Christians, they run from this medicine like the plague, right? We don't like this pill that Christ has us for us. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul shows us this, this, this pill that we have to swallow. Again, we, we avoid it like this spiritual plague. This is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, you guys all know this, forgiving is easier said than done, right? Only God's power really can bring us to that point where we can, where we can want to forgive. Um, but the problem is that we work against God's plan, right? He, he wants to put us into that place where we actually want to forgive and we actively work against him. Uh, story of two monks. These two monks had taken vows of, of silence and poverty and, and chastity, and, and part of it was they, they couldn't even touch a member of the opposite sex. So these two monks, they're traveling, and they come to a river, and there's a young mom there, um, and she can't get across to make her way home. And she asked the two monks, hey, can one of you carry me across? Because I, I won't make it. It'll carry me away, and I'll die, and my family and my kids are waiting for me. And the, and the one monk, he, he just he, he pretended like he didn't hear her. Right, because he, he had taken a vow. And, and, and the second monk, you know, it, it broke his heart, right? He's like, ah, oh, vows, schmows. So he, he picks her up, takes her across the river. She goes on her way, and the two monks continue walking. And the first monk is just, right, he's steaming, right? He's steaming. And they're walking for miles. And finally, the second monk says, okay, hold on, stop. You are obviously really upset with me. And the first monk, well, yeah, we took vows of silence, and you, you carried her. You carried her across the river. And the second monk says, oh, sir, stop, hold on. I laid her down miles ago. You're the one that's still carrying her. And, and that's what we do, right? We, we carry these wounds. We, we don't lay them down. We don't lay them down at the cross. We don't lay them down for Jesus to take care of. We, we carry them almost like, um, like a badge of honor, like this is how much I've been hurt. Have you been hurt as badly as me, right? And, and, and it's, it, it is. It's, it's something that we're proud of, and we don't want to let go because it, we, we feel alive. We feel alive like somebody, somebody's, somebody's going to pay, and we're going we're gonna to make them pay. And we do the same thing month after month, year after year. We continue to carry the wound, refusing to put it down. Thankfully, Jesus shows us how. This is in Luke chapter 6, verses 27, 28. If you're looking for it at home, time's up. We got it right there on the screen. Here we go. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. 
So basically, Jesus is saying here in the gospel of Luke, Jesus is saying that the way to forgiveness requires us to do four things to those who have wronged us. And absolutely crucial to understanding this passage is your feelings will only change when your behavior changes, right? Your feelings will change only when your behavior changes. It doesn't normally work the other way around. If you wait to feel like forgiving, more than likely you're never going to forgive somebody because you're never going to feel like it. Probably won't happen. Equally crucial to understanding this. It's not helpful to follow the letter of the law in this and pray that they get like eternal hemorrhoids, right? That's not praying for them at all, right? So you can't pray something mean and say, hey, God, I, you know, I prayed for them. Or are we good to go, right? So that's, that's just silly, right? Uh, you can't pray that God will smite them either. So at the same time, you might not be able to pray that God showers them with blessings, that they get a, you know, a beautiful godly wife or a husband and wonderful children and you know, live long and prosper and all that. And yet, maybe, maybe this is the only thing that you can say. God, I pray that you work in their life. Right? That's step one. Right? Maybe we can just get to that stage. And maybe that's the, the stage that you're at and you're like, that's as far as I can get, Pastor Jerry. And, and, and I would say... Good job. You've, you've gotten, at least you've put one foot in front of the other and you're beginning to move. Because again, forgiveness sounds easy, but it's really not. It, it is, it is a, a tall, tall order for us. And again, you might not even mean this prayer, right? You're just praying it because you just desire to obey God, right? You know he told you to forgive her and you're like, it's like pulling teeth, right? And the words came out. But you know you didn't mean it. But here's what will happen. Over time, you will begin to mean what you say. The feelings will follow the actions. I know you've heard this story before. A cancer victim, a, a wife, and a, and a husband is thinking of divorcing his wife. And then he finds out she has cancer. And the doctor asks the husband, look, before you divorce her, can I ask you a favor? Right? For the next month, before you let her know that you're doing this, um, she obviously has cancer, would you carry her everywhere? Just, just carry, whether you feel like it or not, I want you to be her private in-home nurse. Carry her everywhere. And, and lo and behold, what had happened is just the, the, the constant contact, the constant love, the constant care. The guy fell in love with his wife again, right? They, the, feeling followed, the feeling followed the action. But again, let's, let's just back up a step. Praying for God to work in their life isn't forgiving them. So you can't stop at this and say, okay, God, I, did, I prayed for them, and right, you got to deal with the rest of it. I'm, I'm, I kind of did my part, right? That's, that's really not what we're getting here from Scripture. So let's dig in just a little bit deeper. Let's take one more look at our passage from the book of Hebrews. It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no better, bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. When we're told to pray for those who hurt us, our prayers are for us as much as for the offender. In other words, bitterness curtails or even blocks God's goodness, right? When we're angry, when we're bitter, when we're thinking about all these thoughts and God is trying to, to break in with these thoughts of forgiveness or mercy or love or grace, or, and, and we can't hear it, right? Because we have gotten, we have, we have hardened our heart so much against this person that the spirit can no longer communicate with us. And so God's generosity to us gets blocked. Even though we're not angry at God, we're not angry at the rest of the world, we're just angry at that one person, and we feel like, well, I, they hurt me. I'm justified. This passage says that in our heart, as that bitter root grows, the voice of God gets smaller and smaller, 
to the point where we no longer experience his blessings. Um, because all we can hear in our ears is, is, is the bitterness and the hate and the anger. Prayer might not change the one that hurt you, but it will change you. To the point of you contemplating the impossible, wanting to forgive. Not just forgiving them, but, and this is crucial, wanting to forgive them. We're reminded of one more thing now. This, 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 this will confuse some people. And once we get this, we can, we can kind of, I think, get to the point of really wanting to forgive those who hurt us. Maybe you caught it earlier. This is, in, again, in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, and here it is, just as in Christ God forgave you. We've been forgiven freely, completely, without any strings attached, and God calls us to do the exact same thing. And again, as we've looked at it, it won't be difficult but I think he's laid out some real, real nice steps, some easy steps, steps that we can actually take, little steps, little steps forward. In the Lord's Prayer, we, we read this, Matthew 6, chapter 12, chapter 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have been forgiven our debtors. I want you to notice something, the order that they, they put that, right? When we forgive others, then God is able to forgive us. A couple verses on, Jesus explains why, why it works that way and not the other way around. Listen to this. This is in verse 14 and 15. It says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, uh, I, I've heard a lot of people say that, and the way they've interpreted that is very, very legalistic, like almost like God is doing this. Come on, I don't hear the right tone. Right? Come on, come on, get on your knees, like, or, or you know, just somehow um, he's almost vindictive. But, but if we look really close enough, if we're really, really, really honest with ourselves, the fact of the matter is he knows our hearts, right? He knows our hearts, and the fact is he cannot forgive us while we are unforgiving. In a word, it's called repentance. This is an old Bible word. Many of you have heard it before. Repentance is basically this idea that I think a lot of people in Hollywood, they didn't catch Right? So they do these crazy things, and they just, they just say, but God will forgive me. God will forgive me time after time again because God is love. And, and yes, they're absolutely correct, but they're missing a step. They're missing a step. In God's word, he always talks about repentance, meaning that if you're moving in this direction, that's a sinful direction. Repentance means start walking in the opposite direction. Start moving away from your sin and start moving back towards God. And what that says to God is, is that you're serious. And it wasn't just kind of a, you know, a, a fake a fake uh, um, repentance, right? Every parent, every parent knows this, right? Your child, they just now pushed his little brother down the stairs, and your parent says, you know, forgive, you know, tell your brother you're sorry, and, and you know, fine, fine, I'm sorry. You know, and then underneath your breath, you just wait till you leave the room. That little brat's going down the stairs again, right? So, like, mom knows that I wasn't repentant, so, you know, I got sent to my room. I was like, wait a minute, I said I'm sorry. And she just chuckled, right? Because in the same manner, God can't forgive us when we're not really, really sorry, right? We, we, we play the silly game. We, we, we say, well, I've, I've forgiven those people. Isn't that enough? I, I've, I've got a forgiving heart. I'm just over here. Can't we just focus over here? And God says, no, because this over here is affecting your heart. It's affecting your heart. You can't, you can't separate things like that. When you have hatred in your heart, it affects everything. 
So with God's help, we can forgive even the worst of sins against us. And then we're finally able to do this, right? God feels nearer and our hearts are made pure again. Now, whether you're still hurting to do anything, you're at that point where you can't even, you don't even want to think about this person. And maybe you're only praying for God to do something in their lives, or maybe you've progressed down to where you're ready to forgive that person um, freely and completely without any kind of strings attached. And, and, you know, and maybe you're at different stages with different people in your life. Like some people you're just not, you don't even want to think about, but other people you, you've, you've let it go. You've let it go entirely. Um, Heidi's going to come up and she's going to play a song by Matthew West called Forgiveness. Um, and as she's coming up, I, I want to just read just this quote. I got a book um, that was passed along to me, uh, Forgive and Forget by Louis B. Smeeds. And he writes this, When we forgive, we perform a miracle that hardly anybody notices. We do it alone in the private place in our inner selves. We do it silently so that no one can record our miracle on tape. We do it invisibly. No one can record our miracle on film. We do it freely. Nobody can trick us into forgiving somebody. But when we forgive, we heal the hurt that we never deserved in the first place. If you have a hurt, if somebody caused that hurt, you're in the driver's seat. It's time that you take control from that person and you put it back where it belongs with your heavenly father. And maybe it's just a, Lord, I pray that he doesn't die today. <laughs> Start there and, and keep working at it. And, and maybe you'll get to maybe, you know, pray God that he doesn't die this month. And maybe that he lives several months. And, and, and just watch your prayer progress.